You already know what time it is. It's the Why We Stayed podcast. Hit them. Welcome back to the Why We Stayed podcast. I am excited uh, to be joined today by one of my good friends. Uh, One thing that our listeners should know is uh, I met this individual, geez, it was probably five years ago, four or five years ago at this point. And when I met him, uh, he had the most beautiful beard that I've ever ever seen and um, again still still a beautiful individual but the beard was so 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 powerful um, anyway uh, Chandler Boyce welcome to the podcast my brother excited to be here thanks for having me on excited to talk with you hang out with you and uh, you are one of the funniest people I know and um, I think if we were like closer in proximity we would probably hang out and make a lot of a lot of people laugh and a lot and laugh a lot with each other because it's just good it's good to have people in your life that uh, just make you laugh i think laughter is one of those things that more people should do Hmm. yeah and i you know if if i can be completely honest i think you're the type of person that my mom would not allow me to sit next to in high school um, because because we would we would just not get anything done and um, so maybe maybe that's why we don't live next to each other so that's that's incredible um, that's that's awesome well listen Chandler um, maybe for for our audience that that doesn't know you they don't know maybe you know what you've been a part of over the years um, tell us a little bit about uh, Youth America tell us a little bit about um, you know even things like Youth America Resource and just kind of uh, Church of the Harvest and all the things that you've been a part of. Here over the years yeah so I get the privilege of serving at Church of the Harvest and we have a ministry that is called Youth America Um, our church is almost 30 years old and then Youth America is like 33 years old Um, both of them were founded by my father-in-law so I always always tell people I have job security because uh, I married (laughs) the uh, the found you know the founding pastors oldest uh, daughter, so um, I can basically get away with anything. It uh, comes with its, its privileges. So I always tell, I always, I always tell young young people or single people, I'm like, listen, man, who you marry, who you marry matters. So you gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. look at their uh, their parents and look at the, you know, uh, look at their their jobs. Um, also, it's always good too because my father-in-law is like six two, so you know, I'm hoping to have some maybe some future uh, all stars. Uh, you know, trying to get that, you got to keep that height. You know, this is not just, you know, you're not just trying to have good kids. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get paid for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been on staff since uh, 2011. I've been at the church since 2009. I, uh, when I came back from college, um, from I went to uh, went to a small small college in Arkansas. Came back to Oklahoma, and. Uh, been been at harvest ever since uh since then um i spend most of my time on youth america so we've got a camp uh for basically middle school and high school students and then we do a leadership conference in november and then we have a resource site for churches and pastors and 
so I spend most of my time doing that. And then obviously I, I sit on the kind of the, I don't know what you want to call it, lead team or whatever for, for Church of the Harvest, and which means I get to talk about a bunch of stuff that is uh, way above my head. So it's been a, <laughs> been a learning process. Um, we just transitioned our church uh, last year from my father-in-law, Pastor Kirk Pancrat, to my brother-in-law, Pastor Grant Pancrat. Um, so it is a – I love my church. It is very – interesting dynamic because i um i work with my family and so my my father-in-law is my boss and my pastor and my brother-in-law is my boss and my pastor my sister-in-law <laughs> is my boss my wife is technically my boss so uh we we uh we have some very unique conversations and it's a it's a it's it's a blessing and also, you know, definitely tests, you know, your relational um, yeah. boundaries and capabilities because when everyone's doing the same thing all the time, it's it's pretty unique. But it's good. It's been and, a good, and, good and, season, man. And also your nephew is also technically boss as well. Um Boston. So anyway, was, <laughs> yeah, Boston. I, was, I know me. Grant's kids are also my boss. So yeah, I I was trying to make a joke, and then it just it didn't land. And then you know, I've personally I feel I feel I feel pressure now that you said I'm one of the funniest people you know. So maybe throughout I'll just continue to make jokes that that don't land. Um, well, dude, how how long have you been in like in youth? Like what what got you interested in like pouring into young people? Uh, what what did that look like? So honestly, you know, my story is. I don't know if it's unique, but I graduated college. I wanted to go into business. I wanted to make a lot of money. And then God said, I want you to work for the church. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, I was I graduated college with a business marketing degree and got out, um, graduated, got did sales, um, construction sales for a couple years and actually really enjoyed it. And then it got, like, really crazy and just I knew it was time to to move on, and I didn't know what my next step was. I actually quit my job with no other job. Like I didn't have another job, and I was you know newly married, and you know had a house, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And and basically, my father-in-law was like, "Well, hey, why don't you why don't you come on staff and um, help us, um, you know, help run and help build Youth America." And at that in that time in 2011, all Youth America was was a summer camp. We had a summer camp, which that summer camp's been going on since 1987. Uh, it's, wow! It's, it's it's crazy to be to be a part of something that's. I mean, it's the same age uh, as I am basically. And um, but before that, when I started coming to Harvest, man, I I just my biggest kind of one of my biggest. I don't know if you want to call it if it's cheesy to call it a life story, but when I graduated, I couldn't find a job. I couldn't really get a job necessarily. And like my own dad wouldn't like, wouldn't even hire me. And uh, so I asked God, I said, God, what, what am I like? What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Whatever. And basically he gave me one word and he said, serve. And so I started serving. Um, I served, I think it was, there was two or two or three summers at summer camp that basically I devoted, I mean, I was up there as much as anyone else and I did everything from 
being an usher to running, you know, team games to working in the concession stand to cleaning to setting up. And then also I would, I just, I was a, you know, an usher on Sundays. And then we had these school lunch programs where we would go in and lead small groups with um, middle school and high school students every week. And I just did that. I mean, I did that for two years um, faithfully. And even when I got a, you know, I got a, uh, a, job, a sales, got my sales job a few months after kind of God, you know, gave me that word. I think that was summer of like, uh, summer of oh nine. And then I got a, hmm. got that sales job in January of 10. Um, and I just was serving and I served every opportunity at our church in East America that I could. And so for basically, I think it was, yeah, almost two years I did, I led a small group, uh, at a high school and middle school with, with those students and, wow. you know, while having a job, I, you know, I had to ask my boss, you know, Hey, can I, can I take an extra long lunch, uh, on, I think it was Tuesdays, And basically just was like, I'm, I lead a small group at a high school and, and, you know, my boss was a Christian guy. So he was like, yeah, absolutely. So I did that for two years <laughs> and then, you know, decided to leave that job because it just, it, it was time. And, um, and basically, my father-in-law, Pastor Kirk, was like, "Hey, why don't you come on and and help help with this?" And and so honestly, I if you know between you know, I I've never felt the call to you know I've never like had that like amazing moment of I'm called to be a pastor or a preacher. Man, I just I just have always been serving, and God just mm-hmm. kind of opened the right doors, and I've I've you know said yes or kind of stepped through i'm sure i've missed a few but i've just kind of <laughs> done whatever whatever he's you know opened the door for and stepped through and awesome. so yeah so been 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 a part of of the church in youth america since then and just kind of basically whatever whatever i've been asked to do i've just kind of said yes and and uh it's 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 worked out and god's you know god's uh been there along the way so it's been good mm. Well, I, you know, I think what's obviously beautiful about that is it's, especially with young adults in today's world, I think it's hard for us maybe that have a normal job or that are working like a typical nine to five. It's hard to do something that you're not passionate about, right? Like it's hard to work one job, but then go, man, but what I really want to do is this. Or, you know, maybe, maybe if, maybe if I was on staff at a church then I would serve. Or maybe if I had had more time, then I would do this. And I think what I love about, about your story is actually you didn't wait for the position to change your position or to change your posture. You know, I think you your your posture changed even before your position did. And I think that's huge. I think it's 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 monumental that you're you know that you're able to share that. And maybe for the young person listening today if you feel that God's radically changed your life, or maybe you're even at, at the first step where you're even considering, man, is, is this whole Jesus thing real? Man, I would just encourage you, like, don't wait for the position before you change your posture. Um, I think that's, that's incredible. And hey, you know, for, for some of the listeners, maybe they don't know a ton about Youth America. Um, I mean, you guys obviously have been going since 87, but I mean, hundreds of churches come down uh, from all over the country to basically get a, a, a free, uh, you know, for well, not not free, but a, a, a session with 
some of the best communicators all over the country. I mean, they, they literally get a camp that's run for them. And, you know, one, one of my favorite things that you do that I'm hoping you can maybe remember some is you guys have had some of the most <laughs> monumental names of your camps over the years um, that are like the funniest names because back in the day, like they were like the hot topic names to call your camps. Do you, do you no, have any no. favorite camp titles that you can remember? Hold on. I was actually, you know, it's funny is we're, we've been redoing some of our websites and stuff. And, um, we have, we actually list them on our website. So I'm going to pull that up, but oh my um, gosh. I've, been want, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to like have t-shirts made of all these, of all these names, because yep. there's so, some of them are just <laughs> guys. I just and if and if you're like if you're a new Christian or if you're younger, you're probably not going to think this is like too funny. But um, like <laughs> just like but if you're older and you've been around the church and some of these like '90s uh, '90s names are just so amazing hold on here we go uh locked up no longer camp camp 1991 busting down the barriers camp 1992 are you ready for the greatest one are you ready yes. for the greatest one 1993 cranking up the heat and making hell sweat <laughs> okay okay 95 burn the ships uh-huh and you got 1999 year of the bug <laughs> oh my gosh why why 2k why 2k dude there's so many like wow yeah, there's yeah those are the the best one is like i think this summer i'm gonna i'm gonna make a shirt or this year i'll make a shirt that says cranking up the heat and making hell sweat i want it i want that shirt in fact it needs to be a it, it needs to be a tank is what it needs to be but yeah yeah we're going retro and so we're actually going to release something that uh the world hasn't seen since the the mid '80s, and we're going to bring back mesh tanks and uh, men's crop tops. Mmm, that sounds like that sounds like a recipe to make hell sweat, if you ask me. That is. <laughs> That is that is brilliant. Well, okay, I so okay, so good. So that's that's helpful for those that are listening, just to show you know the age of 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 you know camp and all that. And obviously, you guys, camp started to evolve to a conference where you're now training youth pastors, youth leaders, youth workers, teachers, whatever from all over the country that are coming in, you know, for for trainings. And again, I know myself. I I've been at least three times. You guys always take care of us absolutely radically changed my own life, my faith. Um, I I remember when I first went down, my identity was so wrapped in how good our youth group was doing. Or my identity was so wrapped in, uh, do we have enough kids or enough kids in small groups or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I just remember going and, um, and again, bro, I'll, I'll say this to you straight up, podcast or not, like you, you guys radically changed my perspective on identity and faith and you know some of the things that I valued I still valued but I didn't wear them as identity I just simply valued them and and you know again I think I think one of the things that I would love to transition and maybe spend the, the remainder of the podcast talking about is there's something unique with you Chandler and, and part of the reason I want to chat with you today is because 
again, you, you shared a little bit about your story, how, you know, you've kind of been, been put in these positions where it seems like everywhere you turn, you know, this person's your boss. Um, but I think we live in a generation of like the social media generation where everybody wants to add their voice to a topic. And so every single person has a microphone and it's called their keyboard <laughs> and uh, they will tweet something or they'll text something or they'll post something. And based on the amount of likes that they get, it now somehow gives validity to the statement or whatever. And you know, one of the things that always stood out to me with you is you know, for a generation that always wants to hold the mic, so to speak, and get on the stage and share the gift, you have chosen to serve somebody else's vision. And you have, cho- you know, you, you have daily chosen to say, hey, I might think there's a better way to do this, but I'm going to trust the person that's above me is actually, you know, making, making this best decision. I'm actually going to serve them. So I'm curious, man, can you just share like, what has that been like? What advice would you have maybe for a young person today that is so desperate to share their message, but yet they haven't really experienced that serving part? What would you say to them? I would say that one, as a Christian, we're all called to be under authority. And the reality is, is that we, as Christians, we are part of a culture that is very different than the world in so many ways. And the world is screaming, do whatever you want, do whatever, you know, do whatever makes you feel good, be your own boss. But I believe in, in, in the kingdom realm as, as followers and disciples of Jesus and as we're supposed to, you know, daily try to become and, and, and believe and talk and look like him and, and his example is that when we're under authority, we're actually, it actually gives us more authority, um, with Jesus. And I, and, and I know that's very Christianese and, and I'll kind of break it down a little bit more, but the reality is I just believe that we've been placed, I, I, one, I think we're all called to a church. We're all called to a person. We're all called to a place. Um, if I'm honest mm-hmm. with you, I've, thought like there's been times where I've wanted to leave like I've said I think I want to go I don't want to be here I don't want to do this I don't want to I want to you know maybe it's time to move or go somewhere else or whatever and but but I always even in those feelings I've always made sure that that if one if God has brought me here God is going to be the only only thing or person or voice that is going to take me somewhere else and I think a lot of times we, we live too emotionally uh, led and we make and do things out of emotion instead of out of what God would have us do. Um, mm. And so I think that as Christians, we one, have to be, we've got to be in a place, um, you know, whether you're on staff somewhere or not, you've got to be in a church that you're called to. It doesn't, it, it's, and the thing is too, church, people look at church like it's a, it's a fast food restaurant. Like, what do I like? Like, does it serve my needs when, yeah, okay, that's, that, you know, there are, you know, you need to be in a good, you know, Bible, gospel, grace, life giving church. However, you need to ask God, like, am I, is this where I'm supposed to help be a part and help build and help, you know, build the pastor's vision? In, in the mission of the church and reach people and serve there. And in, and that's the, the ultimate thing is that we're not just called to serve God, but we're called to serve his church and a church 
and ultimately that means serving a pastor or leader. And that's human, and serving humans is not easy. And because mm. humans are humans and we're all flawed and we all have, we all make mistakes and we all are, you know, we all have our weaknesses. Um, and, but I also, but I say that to say this too is that I believe that God also calls us to serve another person's vision um, before he ultimately we'll see our vision come to pass. And, mm. and that's, and that's for me is that I do have visions. There's things that, um, I've wanted felt like I'm supposed to do or gifted in or felt called, whatever word you want to use to, you know, Christian justify <laughs> that that desire. But I've also known that, um, for you know, that I'm I'm here to help help Pastor Kirk and now Pastor Grant carry out the, the, the vision and the things that God is putting in their heart. And that means laying down or setting aside, which is, you know, when you look at the word submission, submission, right, is, is, it's, it's sub, is under mission, is putting your mission under the mission of someone else's. And so I've just been trying to faithfully do that over the last seven or eight years. And it's not been easy. It's been, I mean, there's been times where it's been like, like honestly not, not in, like not fun, not enjoyable at all. Um, however, now I can say so many of those times, you know, I look back, I'm like, ah, oh, they weren't that bad. But now when I've seen God, what he's done through our church, through Youth America, through Church of the Harvest, through my wife, and even through me and some of the some of the prayers that I've prayed and the things that have been in my heart, they have, they have come to, like, come to fruition i'm like wow like that's crazy like and the funny thing is a lot of those things that i i really wanted to do or felt like whatever like i mean i really this would be a great this is something that i think i would enjoy doing they've actually come up and i i haven't even had to try to you know make it happen or you know i'm going to do this so you know you know i want to i want to preach so i'm going to let people know i preach no i people i you know like I've had people ask me to come preach that have literally never heard me speak before. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so God can fulfill your dreams and visions while you're serving yeah. another person's vision and dreams. Hmm. No, I think I think that is so critical, man, because I think there are and and I was this way if you know, if I'm honest, and it sounds like you shared a little bit about your journey, like when you're younger, you feel like you have all these opinions about the right way to do something <laughs> and and none of the experience to actually make it happen. And I think that... I still have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly, exactly. And I, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's such beauty in that submission where you are, you know, submitting your mission to somebody else's. And, you know, I think, I think that there's, um, you know, there's, there's probably people that are listening today that have you know, they, they've actually been hurt by the church because they feel like they've been stifled as opposed to supported. And there's probably people that are listening today that go, well, yeah, like I gave church a chance, but all they wanted me to do is keep setting up chairs and breaking down chairs and keep setting up chairs and breaking down chairs. And uh, like, you know, there's, there's probably people that, again, that just feel like they were underutilized at the church. And, you know, one of the things that you know, that was always my favorite thing with you. And I always used to, you know, essentially make fun of you in front of all of your friends and family about was, um, 
you you would every single time you'd go up on the platform it wasn't necessarily your primary place of leadership but every time you'd go up on the platform even to like end out a worship song and just pray literally and and just a side note for those that don't know Chandler Boyce uh, he's a big man and with his beard he seemed even bigger and and the moment that you would go up on the stage uh you would begin to just cry. And and I used to, I used to just make funny all the time, like, oh boy, here we go. Like, come on, somebody, somebody give this guy a Kleenex. Like, what's going on? Um, but but the beauty was that you were you were walking into a place that submission and refining and hours of prayer and hours of wrestling with God, the moment that you went up there, there was a different value on the sweetness of the presence of God because you've experienced the submission of of those harder things with God. And I think that was something that, you know, again, I was able to see and I I think, you know, I don't want to speak on that experience for you, but how have you remained faithful all these years, especially when hurt has taken place, feelings of wanting to jump out on occasion have taken place? How how have you chosen to say, you know what, forget the feelings for a second? I just need to stay the course. How how have you been able to do that? I mean, it's I know it's going to sound like a a very cliche thing, but honestly, is my my relationship, my personal relationship with God, my personal devotion, prayer, reading the word, listening to worship music, like going before God and just saying here's how I'm feeling what but what do you want me to do what's the next step how do I deal with this that's been oh that's one part uh the main part number two would be relationships having men and women in my life that are outside of even my you know that are not directly connected to you know like my my situation other pastors that are more experienced than me hmm. and have in just being, being open and being like, Hey, I need to tell you how I'm feeling about the situation and, and allowing them to give me honest feedback um, in the sense of I'm not just complaining and they're going, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You need to like, they're not treating you well. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's those kind of people in my those relationships in my relationship with God that that just kept me that just even in those times when it was not fun not enjoyable I felt underutilized not listened to not getting to do what I want to do doing something that I don't want to do or that I feel like I'm supposed to do those are the things that really just kept me going and kept me. And kept me focused. And honestly, then the next thing would be the vision is, is you know, Youth America, the vision is, you know, we're called, um, we feel called to build next generation leaders in churches. And at the end of the day, no matter what I'm doing, how bad or good or fun or tough or hard, I know that I'm, I'm like, that I'm a part of something that's called to build those leaders in those churches and, and, Keeping that focus um, 
has just been like, you know, this is tough, but if it was easy, then anyone would be doing it and anyone could do it. And so I'm just going to keep, keep my head down and keep grinding and, and keep serving and keep going. And, um, you know, and if, and if I am supposed to be here, then I believe what God's word says. And, and I believe that if we'll lay down our wants and needs and desires and follow Jesus and follow God in the, in, in the path that he's taking us, that he'll actually come alongside us and actually make those desires and give give us his desires, but also see fulfill those things for us as well. And and honestly, mm-hmm. I, I just I can't necessarily tell you know say like how, but it's just there's been so many things that have happened. That I'm like wow, like only got like that's crazy. Like you know mm-hmm. I can't believe that's happened. And I. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a testament to God's faithfulness, and I think our response to being faithful too, right? To your response to being being faithful, you know. And I I think you know the last question I have for you, and I'm you know you and I could talk all day, obviously, but the the last question I have is, you know, for for the person listening today that goes, hey, that's like that's cool that you work at a church, and that's cool that you've you know found a mission that is you know, helping people and this and that. But for someone that's listening that maybe doesn't um, like care about God or, or even care to know him or they don't go to church or they just, they don't really like, like maybe they just stumbled upon this podcast or maybe they, um, you know, were hurt by the church in the past and they just got rid of it years ago and they haven't really engaged in God. What would you say maybe to someone that um, just doesn't feel like church is for them or they don't feel like God is for them. Um, maybe what, what would your kind of last piece of advice be before we finish up? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would, I would probably just say, you know, the, a, a qu- the thing for me is like my, you know, on the flip side, why, you know, why do I believe what I believe? And, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and, um, and I, I've been, kind of, you know, I've never had, I, I really haven't ever had a question of doubting. Um, and so some of, you know, some of that stuff I, I don't, I, I can't relate to, but I, I know this for me personally is that without a relationship with Jesus and without the church, I don't know what, what why I would, like, I don't know why what I would be doing or why, why I would be, like, how do people find purpose? And, and I've just, I've just found my purpose, my identity, I found peace, I found hope, I found security, I found how to, like, just how to do life well, like, you know, I'm, I've been married for, you know, uh, almost 10 years now, and if it wasn't for church and Jesus, I don't know if I could do marriage, like, if I'm just being honest, like, marriage is not, like, it's not easy, and if it wasn't for the Bible and, and Jesus and my relationship and just those practices and, and that, I don't, I couldn't do some of the stuff that, that I, I mean, just, there's so many things in life that I'd be like, man, how do people do this without Jesus? So I would just say, man, what, where are you finding purpose and why are you here? And when you really start to look at those, you know, try to answer those questions, I, I don't know how you would, for me, I mean, I'm, I know there's people that are way smarter and, there's other, you know, there's other religions that can explain that. Um, but I think that when you look at Christianity and, and you look at grace and you look at 
how it's about serving people and loving people and helping people and and I, you just it's it's so beautiful and it's so anti everything else like it's so not anti it's so opposite of everything else and that, and that's you know the more and I can say today I'm I'm more in love with Jesus and, and his church and the mission of the church than I ever have been through all the good and the bad and through, you know, the stuff that has happened that I probably could have said, I could, you know, I'm going to give it, a, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, man, I just, I just don't, you know, as I get older and I'm not that old, I'm 32 or 33. I just don't know how to, I don't know how people do life without a belief system like Christianity and, and, and being a part of a community and a family like the church. Um, so for someone, if you're, you know, whatever your belief is, is, is man, just be open and, 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 and read it for yourself. Like, get, dive into the, the New Testament, you know, start with the book of John, um, the first few books of the, the New Testament, and read it for yourself. Stop listening to other people and stop, you know, like, okay, you've had a bad experience. That's fine. I mean, it happens. But what I would say is if you've been hurt by the church, remember you didn't get hurt by the church. You got hurt by a person that was a part of the church. So stop blaming the church and, and, and as a whole, and you need to deal with what you're dealing with is unforgiveness and, and forgive the person because <laughs> uh, that's what Christianity is about is ultimately forgiveness. Um, and forgive the person and move on if you need to. Find another church and find someone somewhere where you can serve and, um, I believe that uh, God will God will heal you, um, and I think God can can lead you to a place of restoration. But um, I think it's funny that sometimes we don't realize that us, you know, it's like one of the greatest things is that what is it? Unforgiveness is like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it, expecting another person to die. Wow, you know what I mean? It's like we think. We're holding on to stuff, and but that unforgiveness is actually just eating us alive. Um, but yeah. Well, I, you know, I think the last thing I'll say, man, is I just I've appreciated your not only just your answers today, but I've I've been able to see them actually lived out. And so, for those that are listening, I just want to you know reiterate the fact that everything this man has said today is has been a life that you and your wife and your family have chosen to live and. I think at the end of the day, if you choose to serve, which it sounds like God gave you that word when you were working a normal little sales job, if you choose to serve, it's never going to lead you to a place that is painful. Uh, rather, uh, it may be painful, it may be difficult, but it's not going to lead you to a place of despair. It's always going to lead you to a place of life. And I think... Um, man, just thank you so much for your time today. And I guess the last thing I'll say, man, is just, you know, if you haven't thought about it, maybe consider growing the beard back out and, um, and then you can, you know, you can donate the, the constant debate. Mm. So we're, we're, we're thinking about it. I got, I got a, I got some goals for the summer first. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get, get, get in shape and then maybe we can bring the beard back in 2020. Mm. I love I love how you said we're thinking about it because it's like a, it's like a family decision. You guys every night before bed, you're like, "Hey, where are we at on the beard combo?" I love it. When you're when you're uh, gifted with that kind of uh, responsibility of growing a beard, you know, it's 
you just, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you, you know, you gotta do it for the, you gotta do it for the people who can't grow beards. Wow. That sounds, that sounds like another episode that no one will listen to, but thank you, uh, for your time. Um, no, man, I, listen, I, I love you so much, man. Thanks for, thanks for hanging. And, uh, for those that, that don't know Chandler, shoot him a follow, follow Youth America. And if, if you are, if you are in the church and you maybe work at work, work in the church, man, please consider going, uh, sending, sending the students to camp and doing the conference stuff. It has changed me. I know it's changed many of the other leaders that I've gone with as well. So Chandler, thank you. Say hey to, uh, to Grant and Monica and all the, all the people at, uh, at, at Church of the Harvest. And we love you guys. And uh, we'll chat with you soon. Love you, man. Thanks for having me on.